Hello. Welcome to the Bore You to Sleep podcast. The podcast that will hopefully help you get to sleep. I am going to read an open source book, one that is not particularly interesting, but one that is hopefully boring enough to get you to sleep. Thank you for listening to the Bore You to Sleep podcast. If you've been enjoying the stories, please, can you say hello or leave some feedback or subscribe on the podcast app which you are using? And I hope you enjoy listening to the stories. And as always, I hope you get sleepy. Farewell and enjoy the story. Tonight's episode continues on with readings from American Big Game Hunting, the book of the Boone and Crockett Club, editors Theodore Roosevelt and George Bird Grinnell, New York, Forest and Stream Publishing, 1901. Last episode covered the preface of the book. And tonight we'll launch into the rest of it. The Boone and Crockett Club. The aims of the Boone and Crockett Club are sufficiently set forth in Article 2 of its Constitution, which reads as follows. The objects of the club shall be to promote manly sport with the rifle, to promote travel and exploration in the wild and unknown or but partially known portions of the country to work for the preservation of the large game of this country, and so far as possible, to further legislation for that purpose, and to assist in enforcing the existing laws, to promote inquiry and to record observations on the habits and natural history of the various wild animals to bring about among the members of interchange of opinions and ideas on hunting, travel, exploration, on the various kinds of hunting rifles, on the haunts of game animals, etc., The club is organised primarily to promote manly sport with the rifle among the large game of the wilderness, to encourage travel and exploration in little-known regions of our country, and to work for game and forest preservation by the state. Attention has been paid to all three points by the club, but especially to sport 
and protection. Nevertheless, exploration has not been neglected. In a trip after the wilderness, game hunter is perforce obliged to traverse and explore little known regions, at least when he is in search of the rarer animals, or is desirous of reaching the best hunting grounds, and in addition to such exploration, which is merely incidental to the ordinary hunting trip, members of the club have done not a little original exploration for its own sake, including surveying and geographical and geological map making. The results of these explorations, when sufficiently noteworthy, have appeared in periodicals devoted to such subjects or in government reports. The present volume is devoted to big game hunting and to questions of game preservation. In behalf of game preservation and game protection, the club works through the state for procuring and setting a part of reservations where forests and game alike shall be protected at all seasons by the law. These grant reservations thus become the nurseries and breeding grounds of game and of the large wild animals, which are elsewhere inevitably exterminated by the march of settlement. Already, several such reservations have been established by different states, both by national and by state action. For instance, the Adirondack Reserve in New York, the Colorado Cannon Reserve in Arizona, the Big Timber Reserves in Colorado and Washington, the island set apart in Alaska as an undisturbed breeding ground for salmon and sea fowl, the Yosemite Valley and the Sequoia Parks in California. The most important reservation, however, is the Yellowstone Park, which is owned by the national government and is the last refuge of the buffalo in this country, besides being the chief home of the elk and many other wild beasts. This is the most striking and typical of all these reserves and have been thought well worth special description in the present volume with reference to its effects upon the preservation of game. The enactment of laws prohibiting the killing of game anywhere, save at certain seasons and under certain conditions, must be largely to the states themselves, and among the states where its widest possible difference both as to the laws 
and as to the way they are enforced. It is enforcement which needs most attention. Very many of the states have good game laws, but in very few are they rigidly enforced. Maine offers a striking instance of how well they work when properly framed and administered with honesty and efficiency. There are undoubtedly many more moose, caribou and deer in Maine now than there were 25 years ago. And if the Maine legislature will see that the good work is continued, these noble beasts of the chase will continue to increase to the delight not only of the hunter but of every lover of nature and of the hardy life of the wilderness and to the very pecuniary profit of the people of the state. In other states, Colorado for instance, good has come from the enactment and enforcement of game laws, but in no state have the governmental authorities acted with the wisdom displayed by those of Maine, and in no other state have the results been so noteworthy. It is greatly to be wished that such states as Washington, Idaho, Montana, and Wyoming, which enclose the best hunting grounds now existing in the United States, would follow Maine's lead. Another means by which the club hopes to bring about a proper spirit for the preservation of our big game is by frowning on and discouraging other sportsmen themselves, all unsportsmanlike proceedings and all needless slaughter. The club has persistently discouraged anything tending to glorify the making of big bags of game, and it strives to discourage the killing of the females of any game species, save under rigid limitations. No harm comes to any species from the destruction of a moderate number of bulls, bucks, or rams, and these are the legitimate objects for the hunter's skill. Only legitimate methods of sport should be followed. Torch hunting and the slaughter of game in deep snow or in the water are held to be unsportsmanlike. Hunting big game in the wilderness is above all things, a sport for a vigorous and masterful people. The rifle-bearing hunter, whether he goes on foot or horseback, whether he voyages in a canoe or travels with a dog sled, must be of sound body and firm of mind, and must possess energy, 
resolution, manliness, self-reliance, and capacity for hardy self-help. In short, the big game hunter must possess qualities without which no race can do its life work well. And these are the very qualities which is at the purpose of this club, so far as may be, to develop and foster. Theodore Roosevelt, George Bird Grinnell Thank you for listening to this book and this podcast. If you're still not sleepy, feel free to go and listen to another episode. And please, as always, say hello by commenting on the podcast app, subscribing, or giving some feedback and saying hello. Good night, and I hope you enjoyed the book.